The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey everybody, welcome into the Orange Zone podcast. What's up, what's up? Forgot to say that right off the top. A little bit of a different look if you're watching on YouTube because we have producer Brendan Hodges on the desk. He is not on the producer mic. Pretty amazing moment. Samantha Croston has a few days off. She's home in Long Island with the folks, with the friends, chilling out. We have Rachel Culver on the producer mic. We have intern Trey Redfield in the production area as well. And and uh, Hodges, I'm going to open it up to you. What a, what a day here. You can't contain me to the back, man. <laughs> you, you cannot contain me. Um it's a crowd today. This is awesome. It is. It is. It's a great crew. And and while we miss Sam, it's fun to kind of spruce it up. And I think it's a perfect day for this because this Orange Zone is all about breaking down this 2023 NFL draft. So excited. It's a huge year for Syracuse football. They have not had four players drafted in one year since... 2006 so we're talking almost 20 years since this has really gone down to the extent and not to mention it's not like these are all sixth and seventh rounders right we could have some guys going pretty darn early so we'll be breaking down today very much five players four in particular and that is Matthew Bergeron that is Garrett Williams that is Michael Jones and that is Sean Tucker now we also have Andre Schmidt was doing some stuff on pro day Devon Cooper I think very much could end up being an undrafted free agent there just because of the ability that he has in the slot and as someone that can catch the ball I've seen it in the past and we'll uh, be getting into all of that but Brendan ultimately do you see do you see four names getting drafted next week no I see three you see three um, Bergeron Williams for sure even Tucker, Sean is it, it's not as much of a question now. We were talking yesterday about um that like the whole injury concern. He didn't yeah. work out at the combine. Now he's doing a pro day sort of thing. It's a medical recheck, yeah, right? It's it, it's odd. And you would made use the phrase he is the prospect that doesn't really um like scouts don't know enough about him. Like yeah, they, sure. they haven't it, seen in terms him. of the what this medical reason yeah. is. And he could get drafted. He could also be one of those guys where his agent's like, hey, if it's late enough in the draft, don't draft him. So he has his pick of where he wants to go. Sure. And a lot of players will have that anyway, whether they're at Syracuse or not. But it's an interesting concept that could come to fruition anyway. Yeah, let's start with Sean. I was going to start with, with Bergeron, but just because it's, I think it's the biggest question mark. And I think SU fans will be excited to kind of break into that right away because earlier this week, you know, Mel Kuyper, who obviously a legend of the NFL draft scene, um, had one of the more interesting paragraphs I think I've ever read from him because normally he has it down to the round, if not, you know, the the few teams that it's going to go to and he gets it right a good amount of times. But he ultimately had... Sean Tucker, round four through seven. That's a humongous gap. And ultimately, it's because he doesn't know what this medical thing is, nor do we really. I mean, I'm sure we all have some speculations based on the way he kind of would get shaken up play after play this past season. But he was not allowed to compete in the NFL Combine. Of course, he would have been 
you know, out, out, uh, out it's there. It's debatable if whether if he would have done everything anyway, because totally. some guys don't run, some guys don't mm-hmm. bench or jump for whatever reason they have, but he would have at least done the drills, at least in my opinion. And he put on YouTube videos of him doing the stuff right around that time, including benching, which, yeah, the kid puts up a lot. We know that he, he could also probably squat a house, realistically. <laughs> and uh, and it's it's interesting, because he is now getting, he on a medical recheck, he got cleared. Again, there's so many questions around it. And so with him doing this recheck, and likely we'll have a draft day three days before the draft. So right now we're recording this on the Thursday before the draft, meaning it puts it at Monday. And the question becomes, who's able to get there, right? Who's able to get there and what teams are going to be there? Is it one of those where we see 20 teams because they really want to see it? Or is it ultimately getting so close to the draft that – you know, they maybe just don't want to give those resources and what exactly they are looking to learn from a pro day. What are your thoughts on that? Do you expect there to be a good amount of teams there? I think you'll see a good amount of teams. You won't see guys that you recognize, though. Yeah. If you see a guy that you recognize, it's a tell that a team is really interested in him. Um, using Bergeron as an example, you had mentioned to me that Bill's offensive line coach was in Syracuse to watch right, him Giants as work well. out. And that to tell that, like, hey, if this team's interested in him, I don't know where Bergeron went to visit teams, like the top 30 visits or whatever. But, like, if you see, like, a running backs coach or an offensive coordinator or a pretty big-time scout at mm-hmm. this pro day, you can get an idea of what teams are really looking at and what teams are thinking about drafting him. Um, it, it's, it's odd, though, because – most teams have, I would think, mostly wrapped up their analysis on yeah. all these guys. They've been scouting them probably for the entire year, maybe even longer if they were juniors last season. So it's tough. You may see hardly any teams there, and a team will pick them that, that didn't show up because they saw enough on tape from his couple of seasons here at SU. Right, and it's a player that you know ultimately went from first-team All-American uh, his junior year and one of the best seasons I've ever gotten to witness from a college football player. He then drops down a bit in 2022, but when you're dropping down from Sean Tucker standards, that puts you at 1060 yards. He had 11 touchdowns. He had five yards per carry. And the one thing that did pick up from the year before is that receiving. We did start to see, I think a little bit of that was the Robert and I, Jason Beck offense, but also ultimately, I think it was Dino Babers and the Syracuse team understanding what are the scouts looking to see from him? They want to see him catch the ball. We saw that wheel route touchdown in Clemson. So it's something he can do. So I'll, I'll go back to you here. Do you have a likely spot from what round do you see him getting drafted in and what team or teams do you see him going to? I think depending on how this pro day goes and with this medical recheck, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the guys who are doing mock drafts professionally, and I am no expert, I will just say that now, um, say five to six. Yeah. I would think late four okay. is probably his best case scenario. Um, and to a team that likes to stack up running backs or has had plenty of running back injuries um, in recent years. Baltimore? Would be a heck of a story, considering he's 20 minutes from home. Yeah, um, I would love to see that and too, and I could see it. Yeah, I could too. Um, and they've had running back injuries in the past. Now, mm-hmm. his own injury history would say would make you ask, why would he go there? Why would that team pick him? Well, scheme plays into it too. I know their OC is changing of the guard now. You sign Odell Beckham Jr., but you still have, even if Lamar Jackson isn't there, a mobile quarterback that runs the option in Tyler Huntley. And you can't have enough running backs running that option offense to where you're not getting as many carries. And that would be perfect for Tucker because he had so many carries. Exactly. This time here in Orange. For me, best case scenario, 
I think it was heading into this senior year, right? And if, if things went kind of the way they went the year before, I think you're looking at maybe late second round, you know, early third round. Certainly up there, Bijan Robinson is probably that number that number two back. But because of what we saw happen his senior year, I think he bumps down. So I think best case scenario, I think it is going round four. Um, and you know, worst case scenario, it's it's I guess maybe seventh round. Now that you bring up that he would have a little it, bit more. It would be there. worst case scenario yeah. because if he gets drafted there, you're getting paid less, and you'll still be getting paid less as a yeah. UDFA. But at least you get to choose where you want to go. I just have a hard time seeing seeing him go through this whole draft without getting scooped up because I think the ceiling is so so high with this dude, and I think a team could get some really amazing. It, it's high, home. but. Running backs are in this day and age of the NFL a dime a dozen because you can 100%. easily put a receiver back in the backfield as well, like a yeah. Debo Samuel to do that sort of thing. Teams are shifting out running backs every year, it seems like, mm-hmm. and even rookies who are drafted aren't a lock to make a team a second year in a row because if they have tread in their tires already and if they get tread in their tires because they're in for the starter, they aren't as valuable. And it's tough to say that because these are people who are – being treated like they're owned by this team and getting paid by this team millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars to play but every hit they take lessens their value to the team and it's tough to say that but it's the reality of the game that we play yeah and moving on now let's go to Bergeron let's go to the man who more likely than not is going to be the first pick taken of the Syracuse guys Um, experts project a, a true second round pick we've seen high as the late first round we've seen you know late as the 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 third round I do not see him leaving out of the second round just with what this man is capable of uh Bergeron break it down for me what do you got on him play tackle here a lot of people are saying he's better off moving inside because hmm. his pass pro technique isn't um, as polished as you would like. He could play tackle later on. and That's the beauty I, of him is he could be yeah, anywhere on that line. And nowadays you see offensive linemen swinging between the guard and tackle positions. You yeah. look at I put down Tyler Smith on this sheet that the Cowboys drafted last year. Meant to be a guard. Tyron Smith goes down, shifts out to tackle, performs admirably in a mm-hmm. rookie year where no one was expecting anything about him. Right. I also think that Tyler Smith was a better pass pro guy coming out than Bergeron is, uh, but Bergeron is a road grader. Like he he loves run blocking, and you could see that this season. Oh yeah, you have a guy like Sean Tucker behind him or Garrett Schrader running the ball as well. It's QB power. It's running back power. It's pull mat and go kick someone's butt. Yeah, go pull and pick off a linebacker. Go crush a safety and lead our guy to the end zone. And he can do it all, man. I, his I, footwork is great. I love. Um, and, and, and in his pro day, I mean, obviously they were there for a bunch of the guys, but we had every team in the NFL that was there. We were thinking it was one short, you know, the, um, SID ended up coming out the next day and be like, yeah, no, it was everyone. <laughs> everyone was there. And of course, all of them were of course interested in Matthew Bergeron. Well, and everyone needs linemen. Everyone needs linemen at all times. And it was of course, location wise that allowed the Bills O-Lyman as well as Giants O-Lyman to get there and to figure him out. But for them to come out and be there to work him out in person, and then for him to have 15 in-person workouts on top of that, this man's not going past the second round. And I love your likely landing spots in Buffalo, Chicago, and Philadelphia because they all have something in common. Mobile quarterback. They all have the mobile quarterback, and I think this is the type of player that's perfect for that. Buffalo, and and the question, and, and the thing is with, you know, a spot like Philly is... We saw it with Landon Dickerson. Um, Philly has the ability to let him learn for a year. 
mm-hmm. to not it. Whereas, and he didn't even learn for a year. He it, learned for six weeks. Right. He learned for six weeks, but that was the plan heading in. I would love to see him have that little bit of space, but then again, do I, I, I'm not saying that I don't think he's going to be ready week one, but I think you can just learn a lot. And I think a place like Chicago, he's going to be going in and playing right away. Buffalo, I, I could see him totally being behind Deion Dawkins, um, you know, this year. And then they're looking to see if he if he goes into a different spot next year. So ultimately, where do you see Bergeron going and the, the ideal team for you? Well, probably not one of the three teams that I put on there because I'm not an expert. <laughs> I, you don't really know. I yeah. mean, like I said, every team is looking for good O-linemen mm-hmm. because they are it's they, they are such valuable players. If one goes down, you need a another piece that is serviceable to get in there or else your entire line breaks down. You can't run the ball. Your quarterback's getting hit, and no one's happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see him going anywhere. I I'm, was interested to see that the experts said Chicago as well, and Chicago is right up there at the top of the second round, I believe. They've been needing O-linemen to protect Justin Fields or usher him down the field on his crazy, mad scrambles or design quarterback runs. Will he go there? Maybe. I don't think they would put him at tackle right away because that is not what I see him doing against tried and true and polished NFL pass rushers. But you put him inside, let him grow for a year or two, a tackle leaves, hey, push him out there after a couple of years of pass protecting on the inside against bigger guys and adapt him to then the speed of the pass rushers you're going to see. Bright future for the kid from Quebec. No doubt. No doubt. Garrett Williams. Let's get into uh, let's get into Garrett. One of my favorite players during his time at Syracuse. Fantastic. Um, just making the time for media. I can say the same for 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 all of them really. Sean more on the quiet side, but Michael Garrett and, and uh, Bergeron really just have a great personable personality. Uh, obviously personable personable as you know uh what's the word i'm looking for they're personable people let's go with that (laughs) and garrett is an interesting story because i think he'd be right up there in that second round with bergeron if it weren't for him tearing his acl exactly yeah and you know it's it's but but ultimately we talked about before the show we try to hold off on it the acl injury has changed over time um, 15 years ago, something like this could push a guy from being second round to being undrafted. It could end his career. It could end his career. The recovery time is, is tremendous. I mean, um, and, and ultimately what these players are able to provide afterwards, it's just, it, we've seen it work in the NFL. So there's no reason to think that it wouldn't work for Garrett. What sticks out to you about, uh, this, this cornerback? It, technically sound. The thing that kept coming up in my research was trusts his technique to Mm. 100%, whether it's in zone coverage, whether it's a man. And even when he does get beat, and you sent this to me last night when I had sent you the final version of this web story that I've written up with all this, uh, you sent me Garrett's interception against Louisville where a guy is behind him. Tear to my eye. And he just lays out, hands up, snags the ball, first game of the season, dome erupts. Yep. And pretty much ends the game at that point because Louisville could not score. Um, he's not the fastest guy, but you don't have to be because you're playing on the outside and only so many guys are going to be able to run by you, mm-hmm. especially if you're playing in the right scheme where it's zone mostly. Some man here and there. Yeah. Um, probably a CB3. And I picked out a couple of teams that uh, need corners badly or don't necessarily need them, but have a couple of young guys entrenched at the top that Garrett can still learn from and develop with to build a solid core foundation. In like a Seattle where you have yeah. a um, Tariq Woolen, a 
Michael Jackson, a, I'm blanking on the third guy's name, a Kobe Bryant, where they all mesh together and become that. And I'm not saying it's going to be like this, but like the next Legion of Boom, for lack of a better term. Indianapolis just traded away Stephon Gilmore, mm-hmm. but still have two solid entrenched starters at the top where he can then learn behind. And then I have the Rams in there because the Rams need everything. Sure. And that would be a place where he would start probably right away. Yeah. Um, I don't see him inside. It's a little too big for that. Um, I see him outside, and he can play as a solid run defender. He likes to hit, mm-hmm. which is what you love to see in a corner, especially at his size. Which oh, yeah. like It's not the biggest corner. It's just an average corner. But he'll come up, lay the wood, stop the run on the outside, or contain it at least to the backers flowing with that run to the – that side of the field and he's just a solid player and you're looking for solid players in the middle of the rounds you're not looking for guys who are just going to make this big jump and be world savers for your team sure you're looking for guys that can play and contribute and he is he fits that bill he will play he will contribute he i i, I completely agree with you there and if you talk about just the the one weakness um is he does have that part of him that has gotten beat um, and ultimately, that comes down to speed, and it's more of a tight man-to-man. And we saw him with uh, he and Charlie Jones with Purdue. That was an incredible battle last year. And, and, and ultimately, Charlie got the best of him. And Garrett almost looked like he was very fueled by that and what was being spoken about in the media. And he came out after that, and I think it was just lights out for those next few games. Um, and ultimately, leading in that Clemson game, where, of course, it was that big mystery of whether or not he'd play. So that's this one downside is that he can get beat um but ultimately in in zone coverage and my goodness it was uh he induced chestnut in the red zone it was just what do you do you know you don't you you would have they would teams would ultimately pick deuce's side but garrett's side this past season because the teams learned from the pre- previous two years he did not have a ball thrown to his receiver in the red zone you talk it about, never happened we talked about the injuries at length yeah. earlier this year on this podcast that really cost the orange in the end. Stephon Thompson, even Chris Elmore. And, and those one. were guys that were in the middle of your defense that could like help you at, and stop the run yeah. And as you struggled against the run. When Garrett goes down, you had a serviceable backup, mm-hmm. but you still lost that, like, that oomph that, okay, I see number eight over there. I, I don't want to throw it to him because while he doesn't have many like game-breaking plays, I've seen it, and I don't want him to make that play and cost my team a win. Right, right, big time. So where do you see him heading? I see your likely landing spots. Where could Syracuse fans see Garrett Williams going, and what round do you project? I think late two, mm-hmm. maybe mid to late three. The injury is going to be a concern for teams. It just is, um, and that's fine. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I have nothing against that. Um, At the best case scenario, I would think he's right up there with Bergeron as well. Sure. But there are also some pretty solid corners that are going to fall to that second round because you know how the first round goes. It's mm-hmm. quarterback, it's edge rusher, it's offensive lineman, and then the defensive backs flow towards the end, a couple at the top of two, and then the rest will fall where they fall based upon team need. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to go with probably round three, 
possibly even four. Um, ultimately, I think he lands at that three spot. Love that you have him out west, either with the Rams, Seattle, or Indy. And um, I mean, hey, Did Indy, you say it, Indy's out west. Well, I was I I kind of separated my sentence there. I said Rams <laughs> or Seattle, and then I said and okay. then Indy because it's in the Midwest. No, no, I'm yeah, not I, that dumb, I, I mean, it, it, No, it's out west from here. I was just I was just wondering. Oh, I know that, but and and not to mention, look at all the Indianapolis stuff yeah. we have in here. It's a breeding ground. For shout Syracuse out James Munger. Shout out James. Shout out Marvin Harrison. Shout out Dwight Freeney. Shout out the whole gang, man. Yeah. Gosh, just loaded out there in Indy. All right, moving on to Michael Jones. Freaking love this dude. Who I love Michael Jones. Who doesn't? And I, and, well, I'll tell you this. The way that he was able to perform in the senior bowl, and it was something that we've obviously seen all year, but to see the national media hop in and be like, this dude's a sleeper for this draft, I see instant success with Michael Jones. I see an instant leader. I see an instant impact for this man at linebacker. I, I do, too. I just don't think that he'll be drafted. Really? I, I don't. Um, I'm Walk with me the, through that. I'm with the experts here. UDFA. I just think that like he's a tweener, you know. He's not your prototypical linebacker. He's also not your prototypical safety. He's a little sure. too heavy for that. He's a little too light to play linebacker. But you are seeing other linebackers like him in the league. I know you love it Speed. when I say Bills. I have oh. the Bills as one of the teams because oh. you look yes. at the core they have there. Terrell Bernard, Matt Milano mm-hmm. are the same physical makeup as Michael Jones. Right. Around six foot six one, two twenty five speedy guys who can cover sideline to sideline they can cover running backs out of the backfield they can cover tight ends up the seam In so you see him more as o- olb i i do yeah i think you still need a middle linebacker that can come up and thump the runner and that's like, him it it can be but you're also talking about nfl Derek running Henry. back yes <laughs> <laughs> yes, is, exactly. Okay. All right, all right. It's, that, nothing, um, it's nothing against him. That humbled me, honestly, it, just envisioning that. It's, it's nothing against Michael Jones. It's just there's depth at other positions. Mm-hmm. Linebackers, linebacker is kind of like running back in the regard that it's overlooked a little bit by a lot of teams. It's a player sure. that's in a car crash every play going full speed. Because, like, D linemen, you're right next to each other. Mm-hmm. There's not as much violent contact there um, as there is with a running back colliding with a linebacker in like a Oklahoma Oklahoma drill situation and you can find linebackers here or there you look at a TJ Edward you look at so many guys across the league that are undrafted and making money in their second contracts yeah Michael Jones can be that as a guy who comes into training camp veteran gets injured that's coming off he steps in does great makes the team that's where I see him doing this and then making a name for himself as like a sideline to sideline chase down the ball and be a ball hawk in that regard mm-hmm. sort of linebacker rather than your prototypical hey I'm 6'3 240 come up brick wall of like just muscle stop the run and can't necessarily cover as well as some other guys can sure it's it's a question too which I I completely see Marla Wax being this type of player but I could also see Michael, and I'm trying to remember if he was on special teams, but you know, Tyler Matikevich is a great example. Won the, won the um, uh, uh, was it the Dick Buckus Award for linebackers in college? Do I have that right? Maybe. He was, he was, the, he was awarded the nation's best linebacker yeah. out of Temple. 
um, gets drafted round seven by the Steelers and ultimately hasn't played a true lick of linebacker. He still kind of serves in that backup role with with Buffalo right now, but he's been one of the best special teamers for going on seven years now. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, I think Michael is is versatile enough to do that. Um, I'm going to see. I'm going to. Like I have five, six, yeah. seven as like potential rounds for him. I just think there's a better chance he slips through and gets to pick his own landing spot than actually yeah. teams spending a pick on him. Let uh, me ask Trey. Trey, Trey, come up on in, Trey. Hey guys, how are you? Come on, uh, down. take a knee. I'm great. Yeah, I'm gonna take a knee. All right, <laughs> is this uh, is this what we're looking for? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Okay. That's it right there. Um, I brought the basketball with me. Is that all right? Yeah, that's okay. fine. NBA playoffs are going on. NBA playoffs. Yeah. Hey, the Celtics are up to nothing right now. That's my team. That's my team. Uh, whatever, man. Focus on special. All right, all right. <laughs> special like teams. <laughs> um, special teams, though. Uh, Michael Jones, you played a little bit of special teams, if I can remember correctly, but more so, Marlo Wax was your guy in that front seven that and saw the most action. Oh my gosh, phenomenal at it. When whenever when this talk comes around the orange zone, um, and it's Marlo Wax that's being discussed. Um, then we can get talk about special teams and saying, yeah, this guy is going to be playing a ton um, on that side of the football. Um, would it be great if Michael Jones played special teams? Yeah, why not? Because that's one way to get yourself onto an NFL roster. A lot. This of man teams. knows his stuff right here. A lot of guys. Michael Jones, NFL special teams ace. Could you imagine? That would actually be really freaking cool. I mean, just the way players find their way into the league, sometimes it is with with special teams. You have your Matthew Slaters, you have your Justin Bethels, Cody Davis, I mean, lots, lots of New England Patriots that I'm referencing, <laughs> I, and I apologize. But that, it's the name of the game over there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and say, you know, if, if Michael finds his way with the special teams route, then who knows? Maybe he finds himself on a 53-man roster. Maybe he gets drafted, Brendan. Maybe he gets drafted. I said I'm not an expert. It's just my opinion. I, yeah, no, it, no yeah. and you're entitled to, and you're yeah. entitled to. Do you think he's going to get drafted? I think he could get drafted, yes. Where? Well, not where, but when? Probably six or seven. Yeah. Because I, 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 I agree with Tommy. Like, he has the potential to um, – he's got the potential to, you know, shine. Really, really shine. Just the passion that he plays with, um, you know, and he, just, just a team-first type of guy. Yeah team first type of guy you know always going to go out and make big plays um as a middle linebacker but just the way he wants to win every single game I feel it just you know you saw it at the start of the season just how um driven he was each and every time that win streak increased the chance is there for Michael to, to rip like you talked about beautiful yeah I'd love to Appreciate see it man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thanks Trey I'd love I'd love to see it I would love to see Trey Michael Field, everybody because that would mean we'd probably have four Orange getting drafted, and that would be, hey, we haven't seen that since, what was it again? 2006. Yeah, 2006. So, yeah, it'd be great. I, like I said, it's my opinion. I'm no expert. And the late rounds are such a weird thing, too, because, like, you never know who's going to be there. At the end of the day, it, it, it ultimately, once you get to that last day, the chances of those guys even, even making the team can sometimes be slim. And, and not for Mike and, Hill. And I think he'll make a team. Oh, I think so, too. I, there's, there's no way I see him not being on a, on a roster this fall. Does he, if it is the linebacker route, which I, I, I would love for it to be, maybe it's a year on the practice squad, but I just I think there's so much upside for this dude. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. He just has that feeling to me. Yeah. There we go. So, anyway, we also have uh, Andre Schmidt, who what – a, what, a, what a college career for this dude. Wins the Lou Groza Award. Um, then has a very much a, a, a just – 
it's it, kickers, man. It, it's the it's the it's the beauty of and not the beauty, but the beauty and the beast of kicking, and that is a mental game that it is. Oh yeah. And for him to turn it around with uh, Ligashevsky this year and a new special teams coordinator, Bob Ligashevsky, um, it, it was it was awesome to see Andre find that confidence again. He will not get drafted. But could he end up out there? And I think we'll be there with a team in training camp. At yeah. least in training camp. I think so too. I picked out Tennessee as a potential spot to win the job. I have, yeah. I have never heard of this guy that Tennessee has on their roster. Well, that that's the He's only well, that's what we field goals. I think in his career, and that's what we've seen though over the past few years. Is guys are they're just in and out. They just need yeah. someone that's going to be making them. Um, and then ultimately yeah, undrafted I, free agents. Sorry, do you have anything on Andre? I mean, I was just going to say Detroit. One kicker not entrenched. New England, old kicker. A couple mm-hmm. teams have older kickers, but they have a second guy behind them, too, that's like a camp leg. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the older guys will probably stick around because you're not supposed to get hit. Right. And you hardly ever do. So you can – like, I'm surprised a kicker hasn't played till like, 55, man. Are you kidding me? In oh, this it's, com- it's coming. It, it I mean, will. Adam Vinatieri, let the, he let the hair go gray, so he did look <laughs> older. Yeah. That's for sure. No, I need, I, we need the single bar face mask to come back. I, I don't that needs know. to be allowed. We, we don't need that. It's not coming back, we but it was, it's a hilarious look. It, it is. I was like, uh, well, who was that that did that? Uh, PFT commenter did it when he tried out for oh. the DC Defenders. <laughs> <laughs> but the actual player that did it was... Um, it was a Browns guy. Oh, my gosh. What was his name? With the mustache. Yeah, this dude ruled. He was your classic, like, probably think, ripped 6'6". Six, six I know at this is going to sound selfish of me. Was it Reggie Hodges? No, I'm, it might have been Richie. Not, re- not, not, even not related. Anyway. Anyway, you have a trivia for us before we go. I do. And in terms of Devon Cooper, by the way, I completely missed putting him on this sheet, and I apologize for That's that. That's fine. Yeah, Teams love receivers, too. Undrafted or late draft picks. Oh, it's there's been totally guys over the years that have surprised me, especially mm-hmm. at the slot. Like, to teams... They want a guy that can run a slant and will catch that ball. And not everybody can. Yeah, and and run a button hook, run a quick slant. And if you can do that, Devon's one of those dudes that could do that. And, yeah. uh, and I mean, there's literally no college left for him. He's like, no. he's... he's Eight years in college, like, right? Did he beat out Case Keenum for most time spent in college? Oh no, he he tied the record for, for <laughs> or set a new record for seven seven full seasons. Yeah? Oh, nice. Um, not seven full seasons. I know he got hurt, but still, great story. Seven years of age. Anyway, yeah. trivia time, and Rachel Culver can join in on this as well. Trey as well from the back. Uh, first year with the now modern draft, seven yep. round version, nineteen ninety four. Name the first Syracuse player to be taken in this version of the draft. Name the most recent Syracuse player to be taken in this version of the draft. What do you mean by this version? Seven rounds. Seven. Ra- so f- since 1994. Okay. When it transitioned to seven rounds, first From player taken. How many rounds was it pre-94? Eight. It was eight. And then it, it, they changed it so much it was 12 at one point, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I mean, like, my, my, my uncle got drafted in the ninth round by the Knicks back in the day. Did he really? Yeah, so nice little fun. Like, things have changed Wait. for a good reason. Wait, what? You said you got, your, your uncle got drafted by the Knicks. He got drafted. I mean, again, it was the ninth round. I don't think but he ever that, played that, that's after that. That's pretty sick. What year was that? Um, I'll have to look it up. Does he have a jersey? Um, technically, I guess he's, I don't even know what you'd call him. He's basically, he's my, he's my second cousin's dad. Yeah. Okay. Don Wiley. That, that's a little less impressive. Yeah, I'll try to find. I'll try to find that out. It was something like that, and uh, yeah, it was back when the NBA had a ridiculous amount of rounds. So anyway, first Syracuse player to be drafted in the current version of the draft, seven rounds. Okay. And the most recent Syracuse player to be drafted. Yeah. Hmm. This is tough. It's meant to be. So was it in '94? 
I'm not telling you. <laughs> 94. You're not, I don't think 94. you'll get the first one. You you have a pretty what's solid our, What's their second one? The second one? Wait, what do you mean by the first one? As in, like, the first player versus the most recent player. Oh, so this is the first player of the original draft and then the second? No, it's the first player taken in the seven-round format draft okay. from SU. Okay. And the most recent player taken in the seven-round format draft. Okay. Okay, so not seventh round, but just most recent to be drafted. So yeah, like, so, okay. yeah, so, so, be, it's, so it's, be, the, it's, the, it's the first is, one. The draft is seven rounds. Who yes. was the first player taken in that format of draft from SU? Ever. Seven round draft. So when it reduced to seven, who yes. was the first SU player was, taken then? And who was the most recent player from yeah. SU to be taken? Andre Cisco. No. Not Cisco. It was the same was year, though, wasn't it? It was the it, same it, it year. It was the same year. It wasn't Andre. Oh, Trill Williams. No. No, Trill didn't get drafted. Wasn't Dre Cisco? Wasn't he like round three or four? Cisco was three. Wasn't the last one. Cisco was three, but uh, there was someone at six or was seven, it right? Sterling Hofstrichter? <laughs> no, it was not Sterling Hofstrichter. He was drafted, though. Um, I, what? This was 2021. Uh, Ify Milifonwu? Yes. But wasn't wasn't Dre Cisco after him? No. Yeah, if he was round two, and I thought Andre Cisco I, was like round no, three or I four. No, I think if he was after him. No, Ifati was five. Right? I, don't, I don't think Hoffrichter got drafted, by the way. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. I hold looked on. this up on the Qs.com website. If they have I it, swore if he was round two. Sterling no. Hoffrichter, was he drafted? I don't know. If he was, oh my God, you are right. It was, okay, they were both round three. But if he was after. If he was oh, after. if he was such after, a yeah, dirty, yeah, yeah. Such a, even when he's on the desk, it's such a dirty <laughs> producer present. <laughs> Do you know the first one? The first one, um, I like mid mid nineties. There, it's somewhere in a, there. I was dumb and forgot to write down the year on my sheet. I had this saved on my computer upstairs oh, for the man. longest time, man. Who was it? Like Quadre Ismail or something it, like that? I don't even know who that is. But it no. was it was past Don McPherson, right? Like he was already out of it. I, I'm sure. Probably. Like I said, I forgot to put the year down. Yeah, that well, that was late eighties. I can tell you, he was a linebacker. Okay, that that is maybe helpful. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Um, oh my God, I think I have this. Hold on, you've said this so many times, <laughs> and it's been so many times. Um, oh my gosh, just got to think of the name for uh uh. uh His son just played for FM. TJ, TJ something. Conley. TJ, Dan Conley. No. Oh! TJ Conley, by the way. um, We better be talking about him here in a couple of years, to be honest with you. He's just that good. Oh, he's going to, he's playing lacrosse at Rutgers. That's right. Yeah, he's not even doing football. Do do you want to know who it is? We can talk lacrosse. Um, yeah, Yeah. Kevin Mitchell. Oh, you have no idea. Yeah, who no, is. I wouldn't have gotten that. Wouldn't have gotten that. That's a great, that's a great trivia because I wouldn't have gotten it. All right, that's the Orange Zone podcast. Brendan Hodges, Rachel Culver, Trey Redfield. I'm Tommy Sladek. Thanks for liking. Thanks for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you for watching. We are, are your place for all things. Happy Syracuse birthday, Orange. Sam. We Happy miss you. Happy birthday, Sam Crossin. We'll be back next week. Peace.